All right now, you're listening to the Real Texas Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Bronin, just a fed-up taxpayer, bringing you all of your Texas local and national news. Welcome to the show. I am Bronin, your host, and you are listening to The Real Texas Radio Podcast. Today, I wanted to kick off the show by giving you an update about the North Texas woman, Brandy Batone, who received a ticket for driving in the HOV lane without a passenger that is outside of the womb. She was eight plus months pregnant. This occurred back in July or in August of 2022. Anyway, she received a ticket. She claimed that she should not have been given a ticket because she was carrying a baby. And as we know, in the state of Texas, a an unborn life is very much regarded as a person. When I first reported on this issue a few weeks ago, I said that the deputies, the sheriff's deputies who are responsible for patrolling that HOV lane, they should have let her go. They should have reported it up the chain of command. And in this climate, with abortion being such a hot topic, this agency should never have brought that kind of heat on itself. So anyway, I I wasn't sure whether or not she was going to prevail in her fight to get out of this ticket. Anyway, it turns out that she did. So she won her argument. She didn't have to pay the ticket. It was dismissed. And there weren't a whole lot of details as to why the ticket was dismissed. But it turns out that Brandy Batone has since gone and got another ticket in the same place, by the same cops for doing the same thing, riding in the HOV lane while she was still pregnant. According to the Dallas Morning News, she hasn't been given a hearing date for that second ticket. However, her argument is, hey, this was never settled. The The law is not settled on this matter as to whether or not an unborn child is considered a passenger for the sake of driving in the HOV lane. So... Anyway, in the same story in the Dallas Morning News, it was also reported that somebody claimed to be Brandy Batone's sister and set up a phony GoFundMe page. And it it turns out that Brandy Batone doesn't have a sister, and she and her family, apparently they alerted GoFundMe, and that page was removed. And then they went ahead and set up their own GoFundMe page to benefit a local charity, the Genesis Woman Center, which supports battered women or women who are in domestic violence situations. And they have a charity shop in Dallas. I'm not sure if they have multiple shops. Anyway, the Genesis Women's Shelter it is a worthy cause. And so nothing against that shelter at all. I have supported it myself, actually. But You know what? When I saw GoFundMe associated with this case, immediately I get a bad taste in my mouth. I I hate seeing GoFundMe. It has gotten such a scummy 
scammy reputation. And you know what? Yes, I understand that you can pull up a ton of examples of how GoFundMe has helped children who were orphaned all of a sudden and they didn't have any means or access to a life insurance policy to support them or veterans or all kinds of unfortunate circumstances. So I'm not saying that GoFundMe has never done anything good for anybody who is deserving of the funds, but it, you know what? It's just, it's just such a scammy thing to me in this era of scams. And obviously the biggest scam of our lifetime was the COVID. And it's no surprise that in, in the wake of COVID scams in general, just took off out of control Telephone scams, text message scams, email scams, anything related to the internet scams. And that includes some high profile GoFundMe scams. And then, of course, the PPP loan grant, whatever big slush fund that tons of celebrities and millionaires took advantage of during the COVID scam. And that was worth something like $100 billion. That was $100 billion worth of phony scam, fraud, COVID taxpayer money that went right out the door. Uh, Some of it apparently has been recouped. I, I guess the Secret Service, part of their mission includes financial crimes and scams. I, I guess they have recovered I don't know that it's reached the billions. It may be in the hundreds of millions that the Secret Service has recovered in that scam money. But as I mentioned, it's it's $100 billion. It's a huge sum. I'd like to switch over to another topic now that I have been following in the news, which is the water crisis that is unfolding in Jackson, Mississippi. And Jackson is turning into what Flint, Michigan was when that was a hot topic in the news probably a decade ago now. And I used to live in Jackson, Mississippi for a few years, and I was a teacher there. And while I was living there, there were frequently boil water notices because of the the water quality or the cleanliness was contaminated or it had become exposed and they happened with regularity and that continues to this day and apparently a few months ago the federal government declared that the water treatment facility in Jackson was not up to the task of ensuring water quality for the city of Jackson. Jackson, Mississippi obviously has a fraught history in respect to race relations. Jackson, the capital city, it was once majority white. It is now majority black. About 80% of the city is black. And the, the suburbs, the surrounding suburbs like Ridgeland and Clinton, they, they have a lot larger white population, Madison. And the head of state in, in Jackson, they've moved a lot of the city services, or pardon me, a lot of the state services, have increasingly been moving them to the suburbs. Like, for example, the Internal Revenue Service for the state of Mississippi is not in Jackson, the capital. It's in Clinton, a neighboring suburb. 
the water system in the city of Jackson has been deteriorating for decades. It's been in very tough shape. And for the last month or the last six weeks, the city has been under a boil water notice. And there's very low water pressure and, and people can't flush their toilets and you definitely can't drink the water. In fact, the state officials are recommending that you don't even brush your teeth with the water. So if you've ever visited a developing or third world country, although you are recommended not to drink the water, it is often considered safe enough to at least brush your teeth and spit it in the sink. You cannot do that right now in Jackson, Mississippi, unless you want to jeopardize your health. And you know, this is the kind of story that drives me insane when I read about a hundred billion dollars worth of PPP loan fraud scam money and COVID scams. And then I read about the Democrats who every chance they get are sending money by the billion over to Ukraine. So that way Ukraine can have more guns, bombs, weapons, drones, fighting, killing and destroying. And yet we have a water system right here in the United States that cannot serve its population. There, there are about 180,000 people in Jackson. The city of Jackson, it's obviously been poorly managed for a long time. There's not a whole lot of money. Uh, a, a lot of the people who live in Jackson are poor. So the, the tax base, it's not there. In fact, one of the main ways that Jackson does get money is on the, the car tax, the excise task tax, whatever they call it, it's very expensive in Hines County. And it's pretty much one of the only surefire ways that the local government can wrangle money out of the citizens there. Nonetheless, the city is represented by Benny Thompson, who is the longtime congressman from the area. He's been in the congressional seat in the district two since 1993. And he is now in, in the press saying that, oh, Jackson, it's uh, mismanaged. It's a basket case. I can't do anything in Congress until I get a plan from the city leaders who, who don't know what they're doing, obviously. You know what? Benny Thompson, he has been on this January 6th committee. Uh, talk about another big waste of time in a hoax. Meanwhile, the people he allegedly represents, they don't have water. They have to go out and get bottled water because they, the water that's in their sink is not safe. If the, the little water that's coming through their sink, people are reporting you go and sit out in the backyard and there is a stench of raw sewage. That's the conditions on the ground in Jackson, Mississippi. Benny Thompson, he has washed his hands of the situation because let's face it, he's been in Washington for 30 years. So like many of these Congress people who are entrenched in their roles and, and they think that they're king of the world or they, or they think they're going to just rise to the presidency, as most of them do, he, he doesn't really care, obviously, about his district. Ukraine needs $10 billion for guns. Absolutely. Benny Thompson's your guy. Jackson, Mississippi needs a plan to fix its water infrastructure, the area that he represents. Uh, that's not his problem. You know what? The only way this is going to get solved is with federal funds. It's the 
poorest state in the union. That's unlikely to change. It's a basket case. It relies on federal funds for everything else, for the schools, for welfare payments to the citizens. And it's going to need federal action here, too, if they're going to get their water infrastructure repaired. But their congressperson, Benny Thompson, has basically said, it's not my problem. And of course, he's he's also blaming historic racism as a reason why the water infrastructure is crumbling, too. And you know what? I'm not even going to argue with that. There is definitely still a lot of racial tension in the state. The governor of Mississippi, who is white and lives in public housing, smack dab in the middle of Jackson in the governor's mansion, uh, he doesn't really seem too concerned with the problem. State lawmakers, the same thing. Again, it's majority white-run state, even though almost 40% of the population is black. And the representation in the Senate, the two senators from Mississippi, they're also white. And Jackson is regarded by many of these politicians as just this this nuisance, this wasteland, this uh, problem that it's not really their problem. It's it's somebody else's problem, I guess. And so these politicians and these bureaucrats, they are just kicking the ball around and they're kicking responsibility down the road and, and on to others. The, the governor blames the city management. The city management blames the mayor. And then you have Benny Thompson blaming racism and also blaming the city management. And you know what? It, it's a whole lot of people's problem. And it started a long time ago. And now here we are 30 years later and Jackson doesn't have water. So you know what? How about let's all put aside the fact that some people are white and some people are black and some people are Democrats and some people are Republicans and get running water into people's homes. How about that? You know what? Nobody is really paying attention to this situation nationally. And, you know, somebody like Benny Thompson, he's not going to be running for president. Tate Reeves, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in, in him ever being president either. Or any of these other senators at the state level or at the federal level from Mississippi. So, you know what? Why don't they just fix the problem? where's Biden's infrastructure plan? How does Mississippi factor into that? I haven't heard a word about that infrastructure plan. I haven't seen a windmill, a solar panel. I haven't seen a nickel off of a gallon of gasoline. And, and I certainly haven't seen anything in discussion regarding the water crisis in Jackson, Mississippi, coming out of those tens of billions of dollars from that Biden infrastructure plan. And these crises, these infrastructure crises, they're not just occurring in Mississippi. They're occurring all over the country. In California, the electric provider is a disaster. Here in Texas, ERCOT, is, it's been in the news now for the last two years. And it's very precarious, as we know. In the Massachusetts area, the MBTA, the public transit system, has just had a recent spat of deaths and fires and injuries and crashes and just had to shut down one of its 
train lines for 30 days. They say it's going to be 30 days, but really it's it's probably going to be extended. And now they're looking at shutting down other parts of the system in, in order to make repairs because of years of mismanagement. And you know what? This Biden infrastructure bill, you know, we've we've heard about this before. What about all the shovel-ready jobs? Remember that from the big bailout under the Obama administration during the Great Recession? We've been down this road before. Uh, crumbling bridges, that's another thing in Massachusetts. Very few of them apparently are totally sound from an engineering standpoint. But you know what? Your politicians, they care more about Ukraine than any of the issues I just listed here. They care more about Trump's passport in a drawer in Florida. They care more about papers that he has in a safe in Florida than your water, the electricity that's coming into your house, or the lack thereof. You've also heard about thermostats that are being set and and kept at 78 automatically. You've heard about California warning residents not to charge their EVs during power crises, uh, weather-related, even though California is now on track to ban gasoline cars, and, and they told everybody to get an electric car because of how great they are for the environment, how sustainable and how practical they are, and now they're telling you don't even charge it. So anyway, taxpayers... I'm talking to you always in the working class, in the middle class. Wake up. Stop paying attention to the noise that they're putting all over your cell phones and all over your social media and all over these sites that have no interest other than trying to scare you and promote clicks. Anyway, I'm Bronin. Thank you for tuning into the Real Texas Radio podcast, and I will catch you on the next episode.